good Monday evening, or what we like to refer to for the next four Mondays, Madhouse Mondays. This is the Sideline Junkies Last Dance React Show for episode three and four. You got Junie. Yes, sir. Good to have you, brother. Glad to be back, my man. You got Delonte. What up? What up? Always good to have you, brother. Yes, sir. You got BJ. You know what? I'm I'm here to ball signing rubber checks like always. Yeah, because my, my, my check from last week dribbled to the bank, man. I want to <laughs> talk to you about that. It, you see, you stopped looking at it once it got to the bank. It kept going. <laughs> uh, of course you got me the big guy KG Jeez, fellas last night uh, last dance episode 3 and 4 premiered uh, episode 3 was a Dennis Rodman episode pretty much but to see what Mr. Dennis Keith Rodman came from uh, what he brought to the Bulls when he came in in 96. Um, just all of it. It was just, it was really, really good. Uh, so, fellas, let's start with episode three. You know, what's your, what, 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 what talking points do you have to go on to start off tonight? Man, I have, I have so many. Um, of course, because, you know, one... And, you know, I know we said this last Monday, like, you know, me and KG were heavy into the Bulls. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I know once I met KG in school, Bulls were our thing. So, you know, following this team now, getting kind of like the behind the scenes, what was going on. It's just crazy to see all of this. Um, one of my one of my I, let's let's start with one of the main focal points. Um, if they don't have Dennis Rodman, because Dennis Rodman, you know, he felt like he said he, if if he wasn't there, they wouldn't won the championships. Is that a valid point? Do y'all think they would have won anything, they, the championships at all, if they just had Michael, Scotty, and, you know, maybe like another average rebounder? No. Nah. Nah. And... I mean, now, are you looking for yes and no answers, or are you looking for explanations here? No, no, no. However y'all give it to me, I'll take them. I, I, I feel like he's 100% right. And yeah, I do too. If you, if you listen in the documentary and you listen to Michael and Scotty tell you how important he was, Steve Kerr, everybody tell you how important he was, he completed that team. Like, when you go back and look at any team, you know, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, it, it's always going to have to be somebody on the team, especially basketball, because it's five people on the floor. So, you know, individual stats matter a little bit more. But when you buy into the team concept, when you find out, when you find out what you're good at doing, because everybody growing up, all, all, all four of us on here playing basketball, everybody wanted to be the scorer, you know, you know, flashy, everything, shooting and everything. But when you realize, like Dennis said, I'm good at rebounding and defense, and I don't need to score. 
that opens up a whole nother ball game for the rest of the team. You know, everybody, you know, everybody doesn't need to score. Everybody doesn't have to be. You have the, the, the one of the greatest scorers of all time on the team, Mike Jordan. You have the, the you had the the Robin to his Batman and Scottie Pippen. Then you have other people that could put the ball on the floor to to score. So I feel like, you know, I already knew how, you know, that's how he felt. But just hearing him say that, it, it's it's like a breath of fresh air, you know. Because, I mean, this man was dominant rebounding the ball. And just looking at him last night, just his style of rebounding. Like, for me personally, watching him and, you know, like I said, I, I, I grew up with, with KG, Delonte. And Delonte watched me play ball at an early age. And rebounding and defense kind of became my thing. I used to shoot a lot. Like, Dennis Robin for me, made it cool to rebound the ball and play defense. What, what about y'all, fellas? Well, and every, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, that's just, I'm speaking for me only, personally. I mean, uh, for my, myself and, and, and Brian, again, uh, to piggyback what you said, you know, we we grew up, you know what I'm saying, together playing basketball. Um, KG, you know what I'm saying, you you know, went, you know, to, to the parks with us um, as well. So you were you were in the mix. Um, I, I would say, yeah, like, yeah, Dennis Robin, he did make it cool to, like, you know, rebound, do the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the rebound. You know what I'm saying? You got to kind of, you know, get a little physical. And then nothing malicious, but get a little physical. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we, we try to, you know, kind of incorporate a mix, per se, with, like, a little Rotman, with, like, a little Pippen. Um, yeah, of course, you know, we all looked up to Mike, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, we I think a lot of us, we've been honest with ourselves. Like, you know, I you know try to, you know, kind of have, like, more Pippen game. Pippen, he, he kind of did a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Score, did a little dirty work, took some cheap shots, delivered, you know, a cheap shot here and there. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we we, we definitely um look at that nineties Bulls team. Um, and I'm talking about the, the the team with Rodman, MJ and um uh, and Pip. And you know, we uh, adapted, you know what I'm saying, that game. And and uh, again, with Dennis Rodman, he made it cool to rebound. Like, you know, he was in Nike commercials getting rebounds. He had his own shoe off of, you know what I'm saying? He he got that off the strength of being a great rebounder. So yeah, man, you know, it, it, Dennis Rodman, he, he definitely uh, made, you know what I'm saying, being a rebounder cool. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's my thoughts on that. Hey, you I'm know, right there with y'all, fellas. Um, It's like he made it look good, and he was good at what he did, you know. And I learned a lot about Dennis Rodman even last night, about even about him going to Phil Jackson, wanting to take a little vacation in the middle of the season. But um, I like Dennis Rodman, and the, uh, BJ keep on saying how y'all was Chicago Bull fan early. Look, I got my Chicago Bull fans, uh, a Michael Jersey Jordan on right now, the same one I had 25 years ago. I got on right now just for this podcast. Um, it was awesome last night, man. It broke back memories. I loved it, man. And I and that team, it wouldn't have been a team without Dennis Rodman, I think. Hey, Junior, you know what's crazy about what you just said? You 
you go to Twitter, Instagram, anything on social media, especially last week when it first dropped, especially anybody that grew up in Chicago, but anybody was that was, you know, a Jordan or, or the, 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 the Bulls fan, they had on the MJs, they had on the Bulls gear watching the last dance. That's crazy. Yeah. To me. And that, did, that tells you how impactful that team was, especially the second championship, how impactful that was to our culture. KG, you last but not least, but what you thinking? Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Y'all said that, you know, Dennis Rodman made rebounding and defense cool. I got to disagree with you guys. Dennis Rodman made it sexy. Because, I, I mean, we are everybody. I, I always wanted to be Magic Johnson. That was always my thing growing up. And then as I got older, I started watching different players. And I hated Dennis Rodman when I was like 9 or 10 years old. But over the years, especially when he left the Pistons and he went to the Spurs, I started watching him. And I watched what he did. And, Delonte, you alluded to us playing on the courts and playing with you, BJ, uh, Paul. It was different because you guys could shoot very well. At that time, I couldn't shoot. I could shoot a mid-range, had a you know decent post game, but it was easy to, if I was going to score, score down in the paint, you know, catch a rebound, tip it to myself, and start to break. You know, I could handle the ball, but it was sexy at a rebound, especially when you could pull down a rebound. You know, you get the legs flailing out. Everybody back up like, oh, shoot, he, he a little crazy. But they back up off you when you go up. That It made it sexy. And, you know, I incorporated a lot of Dennis Rodman, especially Bulls Dennis Rodman, into my game as I got older. The, you know, the diving out of bounds for loose balls. I've, I did that. Man, this was years ago. We was playing at, at run and shoot, and I was diving for balls. He's like, man, you always on the floor. I said, but guess what? Look at the scoreboard. We're up 11 to 1 because I'm hustling for, for loose balls and starting to break. You know, in high school, I had Dennis Rodman T-shirts. I still got one of them where he had his own company where he made T-shirts. I still have my Dennis Rodman T-shirts. Just AKG, hey, hey, yeah. when you, you saying that he made it sexy, that's that's a hell of a way to put it. It really is because. Like you said, everything about him. I mean, once you start, you know, everybody goes through when you start looking at your your favorite sports when you're young, you you know, understand what's going on. You just, you know, you're there for the excitement. And then when you start understanding the game and you see Dennis Rodman, you see the normal person on, on flat footed on the floor, ball hits the rim, you know, then jumping to the rebound. And when you start watching Dennis, and like you said, you, especially in the San Antonio, the, the years he was there, you're watching people, you're watching four or five people underneath the rim flat-footed. And then at the ball, at like, like, like 0.3 seconds off of hitting the rim, Dennis is already in the air grabbing the ball. Like, you're sitting there like, you, that, that's, that's, that's a master level of rebound. The legs out. It was just his his whole style. Once mm-hmm. he got to once he got to really be himself and let loose, you know, you get to see it on the and like you said, the diving out of bounds. You know, that means it gets like, like if Dennis is doing that, it's like the play is never over. 
You know, you watch, we watch the NBA today, you know, it's, it's a few people that go dive out of bounds for a ball. But, you know, once the ball going out of bounds, play over. Dennis is going to go get that ball. He's going to sacrifice his body, throw it back in. Mike Scotty, somebody's going to grab it, fast break, easy two points. Mm-hmm. And, and see, one thing about it, and this is, you know, we weren't in the social media age then, but him studying how many rotations, and he studied where the ball came off for everybody at shooters. He said, how many people do you know sat and watched tape of just missed shots? They said they used to make tapes. And he, he said it last night. He was like, okay, the, the ball spins three times when he shoots it from here. It spins two and a half, two and a quarter here. But it comes off this way. It comes off that way. And he's mastered that. And I'm not sure why in the world younger players are not using that type of knowledge and studying it with the, 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 the technology that we have now. Imagine well, Zion uses that. Well, well, hold on. One, I'll say we don't know who's using that because this is behind the scenes look for us. So but that was public knowledge. Well, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you halfway, but I'm halfway back because I'm with you. You know, do we? Do I think that people are studying the game to that degree? No, but at the same time, I don't know. It could be somebody studying. But just because you study it, you still don't mean you have the skill to do it. True indeed. You know, how many people have tried to be Michael Jordan and replicate his game to a T? One person has been, you know, able to do that and do it at a high enough level where he's also considered one of the greatest players of all time. I'm talking about Kobe Bryant. So just because, I mean, just, I, you know, I don't want to take a shot, you know, at podcasts. And just because you podcast don't mean people are going to listen. I mean, that's true. You, yeah, that's we true. Could, yeah, we could sit down for two hours prior to this and put together a show and this, that, and the other. Um, if you listen to podcasts, if you like, like, just like, you know, I feel like the four of us know basketball. I feel like if we're watching basketball, you can tell who's putting in work. You can tell who's putting in work in and, and, and the offseason, in the film room. You can tell. When you listen to podcasts, you can tell who's doing it with their nuts on the laptop versus who's doing it and, you know, really prepared, you know, it, right. it's, you, you can tell, you can tell these things, man. And it's, um, um, I, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think anybody's studying to that degree, but I mean, I would like to see somebody prove me wrong. Mm, true. And to your, your original question, uh, what Rodman said about them not winning a championship without him, absolutely right. He's absolutely correct because in 96, their only other power forward was Tony could have started, but then that would have messed the bench up because you had a rookie, Jason Caffey, who turned out to be pretty big for the Bulls for two years. Um, Dickie Simpkins, you know, went to friendly, local kid. Uh, who else did you have? You had James Edwards at center. You had Jack Haley. Uh, you didn't really have much, John Sally. You didn't have much, and John Sally was a little bit older then, so you didn't have much at the power forward position. And he took the role that Horace Grant vacated in the triangle without the scoring, so it made more scoring opportunities for everybody else because Horace Grant could score. 
Horace Grant was damn near automatic from the top of the key. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That spot up jumper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dennis Rodman could give you, he could score 10, 15 points. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he would go to the line, probably hit a couple. But most of his, he would tip it in. Tip it to himself. He got it close to the basket where he could tip it in, put back dunk. Or the, the occasional game, what was it? Uh, was it New Jersey? Came to the United Center. He bust down three, three threes in a row. It would have been four, but the fourth one didn't count. Yeah, I remember that. Hey. They, were about, they were about to rip the roof off the United Center, man. man. Just for threes. <laughs> I, it's been plenty of nights in the United Center in, in the 90s where he was the taco man. Because if the Bulls scored 100 points, everybody got free tacos. So it was plenty of nights on a tip in. And that night that he hit the threes, he became Taco Dennis because he we went over 100 points. But every, they kept feeding him. Kerr kept feeding him. Jordan kept feeding him, telling him to shoot. And one thing you have to realize Rodman could score. He chose not to. Mm-hmm. Yep. He and, and that and that goes with what I. Hey, Delonte Jr., we, you know, we're not trying to. Y'all jump in here, you know, just hey, whenever y'all ready, just jump in that thing. Hey, um, I'm enjoying it. Keep going. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I'm Kevin, 100% with you, man. Like the boy could score. He had a. I think. I think back in his Detroit days, he was a a, a budget version of Pippen because he could do everything. Mm-hmm. He could he could do everything when he got to. You know, uh, later in his career, and because you got to f- figure, every team he went to had premier scores. You know, he went to um, San Antonio. Help me out, KG. It was uh, uh, Sean, Rob, Elliott. Sean Elliott, David Robinson, David Robinson. and, who, and um, who else? It was somebody else down. Vinny Del Negro. Yeah. He, so he didn't have to. He didn't. They didn't need him to score. And I believe not, that's not Sean Elliott. Wasn't Sean Elliott? Nope. They that Sean Elliott was traded for Dennis Rodman. Sean Elliott came back a year or two later. Ah, okay. Right. I'm, You're right. Right, so You're right. We're missing somebody. Uh, when he Avery was, Johnson was point guard, wasn't he? Yeah, Avery Johnson, Del Negro. Uh, I think they had Michael. They had Vinny Microwave Johnson too. Oh, what was yeah, that? David Robinson down low. Mm-hmm. No, K- yeah, Casey, you right because I think um, Microwave and Rodman, you know, they they were both traded from Detroit at the same time. If I'm not mistaken. We had, to, we had to look look it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, we had to look into that. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm but, looking uh, at it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Dennis Dennis made a choice. Like, look, man, you know, I, I'm going I'm to do this. And um, I'm trying to remember, you know, now we got to look up a whole bunch. I'm trying to remember when he first – do you know off your head when he first, won his first rebounding title, KG? Uh, That was – it was seven straight, 98, 90. Because he, he won defensive player of the year in 90. That was one of the most, like, I look back on that. Yep, seven time, seven time, seven, seven time NBA rebounder champion from 92 to 98. 92, okay. 92. Dominant. Dominance. Uh, San Antonio had Terry Cummins. That, that first year. Terry Cummins. Terry Cummins, Dale Ellis. Uh, J.R. Reed, David Robinson. They had Cadillac Anderson. 
Damn, I forgot all about him. Man, Wikipedia is a beast where you start looking up names. You be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, but I, their I, co- guess who their coach was? Who? <laughs> it wasn't Pop. Pop didn't come to 97. It was uh, John Lucas. The you great know, right. John. Right, 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 right. Damn. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, what was I about to say? We, I know, um, you know, if anybody else got, you know, any notes and stuff, I'm going to just go off the next, my next note, little tidbit I took off of episode three. Um, Phil, Phil was a big key for Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil was a huge key for Dennis. He under, kind of understood where he was coming from. Um, you know, I, I know some of, you know, some of the things I've been reading since yesterday, you know, was saying maybe he, Phil saw some of Dennis and him because, uh, you know, Phil was a little rough when he played. And I was like, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I personally, I don't think that's what it is. I just think this is something that we talk about on the show all the time about being able to adjust your coaching to individuals, being able to understand how you got to talk to certain people and I'm not talking about kissing ass or doing anything like that, but how to motivate certain people versus going to the next person, how you got to motivate this person. And I think Phil is a, a Jackson is a master at that. And I think that's why he got the most out of Dennis Rodman. So of course, you know, along with Michael and Scotty, you kind of got the wardens already there set up for Dennis to be himself because he always got Mike, Scotty and Phil, to bring him back down to reality if need be, you know, because we saw how important he was. Michael Jordan himself went to go get him from Vegas. So that tells you, <laughs> that tells you how important Dennis Robin was to that team. Cause if you're paying attention with, with, what Mike said before this thing aired before episodes one and two aired, he said, a lot of people don't think I'm a bad person. I definitely understand what he was saying because you're starting to see, uh, especially early in his career, if if Mike didn't respect you, he was he was gonna bully the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. He he was gonna treat you like garbage, the bottom of his shoe. And until Phil got him to buy into the team concept, you know, and, and buy into the triangle and, and you know Texas offense and uh, trying to make him understand why this was important, you know. Before that, it, it was just like look. Fuck them. You know, if you got to put two people out on the floor with me, I'll do the scoring. That's just how his attitude was. Yeah, that's, that's why he loved but, Doug Collins so much. It, exactly, because Doug Doug wanted to win at all costs, just like Mike. And, right. And, and you you know, you're sitting there like, man, because Doug, you know, Doug Collins was on there. Doug's like, you know, Mike won the MVP, All-Star Game MVP, defensive player, the, and he won the dunk competition while Doug was coaching him. So it's like, but can, it's all about can you get over the hump past the next level? If and, and and this is where I know we talked last week, you know, Jerry Krause bringing up bad memories. But this is where Jerry Krause earned his money because Jerry Krause made that decision to move on from Doug Collins and to bring in Phil Jackson. So now you're sitting there, and I'm like, all those feelings I had about Jerry Krause last week, and I understand he built that team. He helped put everything together. But at the same time, you're like, man, 
this little short dude was a genius. Because yeah. if he if he never makes that move, you never get the first three-peat probably. More than likely, no, because they're going to go into the 91 uh, season against Detroit in the playoffs with the same kind of mentality. So I don't, you know, maybe they get over the hump, maybe they don't. But they got over the hump with Phil, and not only did they get over the hump of Detroit, they, they swept them. There was no, you know, and I think I don't want to mesh into my notes and jumble them up, but just a quick tidbit off that. I think that's why, uh, and we're going to talk about Detroit too. I think that's why Detroit was so hurt. Like the last two Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken, it it went seven games. Did it go seven games each one? I know the uh, one. The one, the one, the ninety-one went seven games. Yeah, ninety-one seven. 89 went six. Okay. I think that's why Detroit, this is not just my opinion. I'll let you guys speak on it. I think that's why Detroit was so hurt because they didn't get to to take it to that climax of a seven game and losing. Like Chicago just basically took and like y'all aren't good enough to be with us anymore and swept them. So that's what I'm thinking. What what, what y'all thinking? I would have to agree. Yeah, I got to agree, too. That's why Detroit walked off the floor when it was getting their butts kicked. They felt like they were supposed to win. Now, let me play devil's advocate to you, Junie. And, you know, it's one of them things that you you knew it happened, but you forgot it. Everybody always focused on uh, Detroit leaving the floor. Boston Celtics. I remember that. Exactly. But now Kevin McHale did stop. And he told Joe Dumas and Isaiah Thomas, don't act like you're just happy to be there. Go out there and kick ass. But they wound up getting their ass kicked in the finals that year. That was yep. that was uh 88. But nobody talks about that. They left the floor with seven seconds and some change left. Boston did. With Adrian Dantley shooting free throws. But now the whole and Isaiah made the excuse last night. Uh, well, that's how you do it when you get beat. When you get knocked off, you just kind of Boston did it to us. We did it to them. Isaiah I, Thomas been tap dancing all since that episode aired. Isaiah Thomas been tap dancing all day. <laughs> all, all, all day, Isaiah been tap dancing. And, you know, it's because it's, it's it, it obviously you know poor. The, the wound was already there. It just like maybe somebody poor, maybe Mike. MJ took one of his eyeballs out and ringed it out, and the liquor hit it, and and it, and it stung. <laughs> Isaiah, boy, then and then the, the the coon of all coons, the Oriole of all Orioles, Jalen Rose is on there with his oh. Detroit Detroit shirt, <clears throat> and I was listening to Isaiah when Jalen, you know, it's just certain people I just can't listen to anymore. When Jalen Rose popped on there, I just I, I stopped the video. Like I don't want to hear anything he has to say. You know something, and I'll say this: a lot of people don't like Isaiah Thomas. I respect Isaiah. I love to sit and hear him tell stories. The uh, NBA special, the NBA TV special, him and Magic did. It it it, it touched my heart to see them two come back together because for what they did, and if your eyeballs didn't sweat watching that, it's something wrong with you. But just everything that they did and. You know, for the league, I love Isaiah. As you know, as a as I, me being older, when I was younger, I hated him. Of course, he's a Detroit Piston, 
but just be honest about it, dude. You're still bitter. You're still bitter about losing in four games in the 91 uh, conference finals. You're still bitter about Dream Team because yeah. even on open court, he said it. He was like, I can understand Magic not wanting to play me. I can understand Michael not wanting to play me. But Scotty Pippen, why are you bitter? No, I was, it I was happened. It happened. Mm-hmm. You still got a gold medal. You got a gold medal. Uh, 94 FIBA championships, and they put you on, on uh, 96, even though you have retired. they still You still got yourself a gold medal. Yeah, but you know, two gold medals. It's 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 not the same. That '92 team, that '92 Dream Team was everything. You know, it was just seeing them go to you know where was the '92 at Barcelona. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just being mobbed when you when, look, none of us have been NBA superstars. Isaiah Thomas at one wait, point. Wait, said, wait, wait, wait. You okay. speak for yourself. I'm sorry. You speak for yourself. I'm sorry. I've been talking, an NBA superstar. We're not talking about on 2K. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. And so moving on. Now, just to watch that team, when you when you, Isaiah Thomas is at the top of the mountain, he was one of the best players in the league, beating Bird, beating Magic. You know, you know, being the marquee matchup everywhere they go. They they were rock star before. You know, they were like when the Boston was. Dominant in the 80s, Detroit, you know, they became one of those, you know, household teams. You either loved them or hated them. So when you see this team of superstars assembled and being, you know, rose petals being thrown at the ground at walk-on and you feel like you should be a part of that and you wasn't, uh, it's, it's, man, he's going to hate everybody. You could just tell, like, like KG said, you could tell that, it's just bitterness and, and resentment there for him not being on that team. It it would never go away. That's something that he is gonna take he's gonna take that to the grave. Yeah. You know what? Go ahead, Delonte. My bad, KG. Uh yeah, man. Like you 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 can tell. You can you can you can tell and and, and <clears throat> that that dream team Thing. Like he, like Isaiah, I, mean, I think he acknowledged it. Like a lot of his, you know, what I'm saying, like he, some of, some of it was self inflicted. You know, what I'm saying, like that, you know, late '80s. You know, what I'm saying, he wasn't really like, yeah, he, he was a hell of a ball player. Probably, one, you know, definitely one of the best point guards ever. But you know, what I'm saying, like some of his antics. You know, what I'm saying, of course, it just kind of like rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think, of course, that played a huge uh factor in him being blackballed and yeah i'm gonna use the word blackball for uh the olympics and as well as like other things like you see mike's uh reaction when when they brought his name up he was like oh here we go another lie so you know yeah man mm-hmm. you know just isaiah man you know isaiah the dude is mm-hmm. but from somebody from such such humble beginnings mm-hmm. i mean it seemed like he wasn't – now, I mean, when you're not ready to give up your place on the top of the mountain, I understand that. But this was 30 years ago. Yeah. Nearly 30 years ago. And you, you were mad about giving up your place on the mountain. How do you think Magic felt when he gave up his place on the mountain in, 80, in 89? 
I would really say, um, yeah, I, I would say 89, but I mean, the, they, they made the finals again in 91. Yeah, they got spanked by the Bulls. I, I would say that is when he definitely knew his time on the mountain was, was, was up. You know what I'm saying? It was no more mustache. You know what I'm saying? We had to, and, and not to like make any type of, you know what I'm saying? Like a, uh, definitely not making a joke out of it or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? The, 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 uh, the announcement, I'm, I'm just going to keep it at that, you know, that, that kind of came about. Um, but when he lost in that finals to Mike and then they showed him embrace in the hallway that, you know, he, I, I think for, for me, it, it came across as he was passing the torch. He was like, man, mm-hmm. I did what I could in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Razzle, dazzle, you know what I'm saying? Party, whoop, 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 all that. It's time that, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you the Ma- big dog now. It's time you run it. Hey, hey, you, Mag- go ahead, Junie. No, no, I was just going to say Magic Johnson has very good sportsmanship. Very he good. went out like a champ, man, you know? Yes, he did. Very good. Uh, like like the, that embrace, like you could tell certain people – you know, everybody's going to kill LeBron, KD forever, you know, for what they did, switching teams, joining, you know, who, you know, what they did. But back then, there was no joint. You had to get built around you. And if it wasn't built around you, you wasn't playing in the finals. Magic embraced playing Bird, playing Isaiah. He wanted to play the best. When you play, when you play the best and you beat the best, there are no question marks. Now, recently... We can go back to the Warriors title with KD. We can question mark that. We can go back to the Miami Heat titles with Le- LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and question those. You know, I wish I wish Gary was on here because he'll he'll break that thing down to you. Those Miami Heat championships and what LeBron did and didn't do, who they lost to, and why their titles are insignificant in his eyes. You go back to the the, the 80s and the 90s. There was no joining. Uh, making a superpower team. You know, it, it was either there for you or wasn't, and you had to fight through what you had. So, with that being said, Magic loved that challenge. You could, you could hear it. When Magic talks, you can hear it in his voice when he's reminiscing. And he, he does that little smile and looking up, like, mm-hmm. I, wanted to play the, I wanted to play the best. And you, you, and you can feel it's genuine. Like, Magic comes off as genuine. When you hear Isaiah speak, it's one of the things where you got to have your arm to the side with your fist clutched. Like, I'm going to have to hit this motherfucker. <laughs> hey, BJ, I don't know if you can recall it, but Michael Jordan once said that out of his mouth before about joining other teams. He wanted to build around his team and beat the best instead of going and joining other teams. I don't know if y'all remember he said that. I oh, yeah. right. Very va- vaguely, I, I I do. I mean, but that's that's just the you know you can't. I try not to to bash, you know, the, today's NBA because it's just different. Everything's right. different. This is exactly. their league. This is their league now. Thirty years ago, it wasn't their league. You know, it, everything just like when episode one and two arrives over. It's like, look, I told Scotty, you sign that, don't come back in here. If that was today, he would be at his house cleaning his oven. Like, look, man, y'all, you know, I'll, just get, I'll just give you some more money, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just, it's just two different eras, man. You know, it's but 
the the drawback of this era and why guys are teaming up AAU. You got guys from three different high schools, four different high schools, four guys, four different high schools. But in the summertime, they all play on the same AAU team. I mean, yeah, I understand that. And and, look at how many players are not playing high school basketball anymore, and they're going straight to AAU. They're being recruited from AAU, so they, you know, they're either being all recruited to the same college, or they're in the same division. And then when they get into the NBA, once those rookie contracts up, if they're good enough, they wind up teaming up. Oh, everybody, it's at least three or four people on the same team that have played somehow, either for the same coach, the same college, or the same AAU team. That's the way it is. And um, that's why I never understood about KD, because KD played at a couple of different high schools in the area, and he won. But he went down to Texas. He did. He won on his own smoke. Like you're the man. You 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 were an alpha at Texas when they drafted you in Seattle. You were the man. You took over that team from Ray Allen. You were the man. What happened? Between that and you deciding to join a seventy three and nine team that didn't really need you, I just think I just think it's the mentality today. Every you know, we not not being raised the same. It, it you know, it's social media having a lot to do with everything. Because I know you were saying about AAU ball, but now top recruits from you know, I grew up in the eighties, early you know, the nineties. You know, I couldn't FaceTime. I couldn't Instagram DM a top recruit in Washington. But I look, what, hey man, let's link up and play at what you call. You know, that's you couldn't do that. You can do that now. You know, the top ten recruits of the nation. You know, trying to you know hook up and play AAU ball together or linking up and going to the same college. It's it's just a whole different animal. And you know, you got to lay. I, I try not to to compare it on the same level because it's just different. This is like you can't compare a car from the 90s to a car today. You know, both of them have their pros and cons, but the 90s car versus the 2000 car, if you touch a pole with the 2020 edition of a Suburban, it's going to collapse. You touch a, a pole with the 90s version of Suburban, it's probably gonna pull the cement out of the ground. It's just two different, two different things, and it's fun to compare them and contrast them, and you know, try to figure out what went wrong. But I try not to knock KD and LeBron and you know these guys now because it's just the way they play now. It's it's what's been laid out for them. You know, it, it just is what it is. I may have to walk that back because I'm sitting here listening to you talk. And I'm thinking, now you fellas, we, we we all same generation. When they put when the Fab Five decided to go to Michigan, all those guys, except for Jawan Howard, he was from Chicago. But all of those guys were from Detroit. And us uh, and uh, what was it? Um Ray King was from Texas. No, Jimmy King was from Texas. Ray Jackson was from Detroit. But most of the core of those guys were from Detroit. Jalen See where uh, Ray Jackson, I think all three of those guys from Detroit somewhere. Jimmy King was down in Texas. Uh, Howard was in Chicago, but those guys actually linked up because, oh yeah, I played against him. Uh, he going to Michigan. I'm going to Michigan too. 
It's like when C Webb signed at Michigan, everybody else wanted to go to Michigan too. That's how but and I'm like I see that, but it's not the same. It's like apples to oranges, but it's still the same, but it's not. Mm-hmm. If you get I what do. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I definitely I definitely understand what you're saying. I completely I completely do. I just say I'm just like I try not to beat them into the ground because you just got to accept it for what it is and understand that they're not built the same. Right. Well, sorry. I'm so thankful for the mute button. I just got something caught in my throat and had to <laughs> damn it died on me. <laughs> um, one more, one more quick tidbit. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Robin throughout, but uh, I know I touched on this uh, earlier in the show. I have it down here. He, Rodman said his second or third year in the league, he already knew what he was good at and was rebounding the defense. So he identified early on, like, this is what I'm good at, and this is how I'm going to help this team win. And I, I just think that's, for me, it's just satisfying to, to, to see that somebody willing to put, you know, having to be, the guy and be number one and score and do something, do the dirt, like Delonte said, do the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's, just, it's, it's really good to see that. Um, who else? What, what are we talking about next? We'll be, um, well, let's, let, let's, let's jump out, take a break real quick and then okay. we'll come back and, 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 you know, just finish up with a few more thoughts. And we definitely got, it's one thing that I really want to get into that I, if something was said last night and it kind of, I ain't going to say piss me off, but I hate when it's said like that. But we'll, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. All right. We'll be right back. Just keep listening. And just like that, we are back. Jumping right as, back in. My fact. Go ahead, KG. No, no, no. I'm just going to do this real quick. As I alluded to before the break. It was something last night that just was said that just didn't sit right with me. And Will Perdue, former center for the Bulls during the first three-peat, he was a part of the Dennis Rodman trade to get Dennis Rodman to uh, Chicago. He said that Scotty was a point forward, and he created the position. <laughs> you know, Scotty created a point forward position. And, BJ, you know, immediately after he said that, <laughs> I text you. I told you that's bull. Contrary to popular belief, Scottie Pippen was not the very first point forward. That was not invented by Phil Jackson and Tex Winter. That position was invented by none other than the great Don Nelson when he was in Milwaukee. And he had Terry Cummins, Craig Hodges, Paul Pressey is the very first ever point forward. He was a power forward slash small forward that brought the ball up. He brought the ball up and distributed they had Sidney Moncrief. It was a way to make the offense free flow to free your point guard up because they were shooters. So anybody that feels that, go look up who Paul Pressey was. And those Bucks teams of the 80s were strong, but they had a lot of competition in the East with the Celtics, the Sixers. Uh, Detroit came up. Then the Bulls came up. That's why you never really hear too much talk about the 80s Bucks. So uh, that's what I wanted to just talk about and just throw that out there because when I hear it, I, all I can say is no. 
Stop taking away credit from Don Nelson. Nelly deserves the credit. Paul Pressey deserves the credit. Give them what they belong, what they deserve. Hey, I love, I love, uh oh, I love hearing KG go off about history. I don't know if anybody, if you, if you ever watch Back to the Future too, and it's the part where uh, Marty is uh, confronting uh, the alternate reality Biff in his in his hotel about the almanac. And Marty says something, Biff says, you know your history. Very good. That's what I want to say to KG every time he goes on a rant like that. Because hey, he gets into it, and you better not tell him he's wrong. Man, yeah. I, you, it, it, I'm telling you, when, he tell, when he's telling you he hit my <laughs> phone immediately after what, what Will Purdue said, it, it's an understatement. That, my, my WhatsApp was already buzzing. As soon as that came out of Will Perdue's mouth. And I just laughed when I saw what he wrote. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, he be on point, man. Hey, 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 that's, hey, that's why I love him, man. He know his history. He know, know what started. And, and that's that's why it kills him so much when he, he gets on these boards and they're talking about how Steph Curry is probably the third best point guard of all time. It's just like you're just basically pissing on your history. Like you're not even acknowledging – you know, Isaiah Thomas. You're not acknowledging anybody. You know, Gary Payton, anybody, John Stockton, any, any none of them guys existed. Just Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. Go back yeah. further. Yeah, go that back. That dude here. had one hand, but could take it. He could take that one hand, put his head down, dribble all the way around you with one hand. And then beat you off the dribble. That same dribble. Um, yeah. I got a lot of notes from episode three. I, you know, I try to get to. You know, just touch on everything real quick. What y'all think about what Ron Harper said about being asked to he asking the guard Jordan and they putting Elo on him anyway? <laughs> hey, he he kept it real, man. I'm gonna say that he kept it real. I thought it made sense. I thought he was a better defender than Craig Elo. Thank you, Judy. I, why the hell would you put Craig Elo? Like that's his head. Why would you put Craig Elo on Michael Jordan? Because they always put Craig Elo on Michael Jordan. Craig Elo always checked Jordan. If you look at some of Jordan's craziest shots, especially against Cleveland, it's always Craig Elo. And they used to say, it always happens to Craig Elo. Now, did anybody did anybody else notice? I had to look back. Maybe I was tripping. When they came out of the timeout before the shot, and I don't know if the if Elo heard the exchange between Ron Harper and uh, who was the coach? Lenny Wilkins? Lenny mm-hmm. Wilkins. I think it was. I was about to ask the same question. I think it was Lenny Woods. Craig Elo shakes his head like, "Ah, oh, man," and I don't know if if he heard the exchange and that he was going to go check Michael, and maybe he heard Ron say he was going to check him. But Elo Elo does that that all oh, man head shake like, "Ah, yeah." Mm-hmm. If I find a clip, I'll I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it to you. Um, uh, oh, Craig Elo and. Same thing with Ron Harper. Nobody realizes how good, because Craig Elo got abused by Jordan, but nobody realizes how good Craig Elo really was. Yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody got abused by Mike. You know? <laughs> and and all you get to see is the shot and Elo, mm-hmm. you know, ducking away from Michael. And, and But, you know, you, you really have to go back and, and just look at these just – just watch some games from the the the, the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and just you know, 
and just watch guys play. It was a, you know, it's poetry. You know, if, if you like basketball and, you know, you want to learn your history, go back and watch. That's all I got to say. But that's like Ron Harper. And I used, I got into plenty of arguments about Ron Harper. I said, you know, you're looking at Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Lakers, Ron Harper, maybe even Clippers, Ron Harper. Nah, Ron Harper pre-knee injury, before he tore his ACL. Now, remember, everything was primitive back there with ACLs. Mm-hmm. ACL could have meant a death sentence, but it meant you lost a lot because it the way it was done. Now, you could tear ACL in February, and you'll be back by the start before the start of the new season if you rehab, right, and your body responds. Yep. But before Ron Harper tore his ACL, they used to call him the poor man's Jordan because he could put up points quickly. And he could, Ron Harper would dog you. He could take you off the dribble, stop, and pull up and shoot. He could take you to the lane, and if Ron Harper banged on you, you felt it. He was a part of that 86 draft class. People don't, they, they, they see one part of a person's career, and they don't realize how good they really were. Mm-hmm. And Ron Harper was very good, but when he tore his ACL and he came to Chicago, he was supposed to replace Jordan in 94. But he couldn't replace Jordan because he had lost most of the explosiveness because of the knee injury. So he had to reinvent his game. And if you see a lot of highlights of Ron Harper, especially if you look up the 1996 Bulls mixtape, you don't see Ron Harper getting off the floor to dunk a lot. You see Ron Harper, you know, lay it in. It looks like it's a task just for him to lay it in. But when it came to defense, nobody did it better. I mean, that's why I always loved the Bulls' backcourt, that second three-peat, because you had two 6'6 six, six guards. And then you had a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, forward, and Scottie Pippen that could check a point guard. And you can go say, all right, Ron, go check the small forward. And it was it, they never missed a beat. So just speaking of, speaking of Scottie checking a point guard, did you see the clip? And when they're in the finals with the Lakers and Pip oh. harassing MJ, uh, uh, Magic, Magic Johnson. Yeah, Magic Oh, my goodness. Turnover. Turnover. Boy, you talk about somebody dying to take a challenge. Pip wanted Magic Johnson. Pip was on Magic Johnson like jelly on toast. Every step of the way. Every step of the way, Pip was right there. Pip took that challenge. You know, and and, and it kind of built up to Pip, you know, the, the episodes one and two, you know, three and four kind of built up to Pip shying away from challenges, you know, having to, you know, because even last night, MJ kind of questioned the migraine. He even, oh. though he said, even though he said he didn't, you can tell MJ was just like, whatever. Wait, see, one thing I never questioned, and it's happened now that that Nick game. Where he was like, I got a migraine. He could because he wasn't going to take the last shot. That's the only knock I ever had on Scottie Pippen. But, see, but any other time that Scottie has had a migraine, I you know I know what that feels. You guys know I know what that feels like when yeah. the the sound of your voice in your head hurts. Yep. But you know, here and here's what I say to that. When when somebody when something happens in in a big moment, just like it did when Scotty refused to go back in, now you had to start going back to other things Scotty did in the past, and now you start qu- and, and, of course, this is, you know, you wouldn't have known that in the 90 East Finals, what he was going to do in, what, what was that, 94? Yeah. But, that was not cool. 
well, well, you see that in 94. Now you, you kind of turn back and look at, like, damn, when else has he done this? Because, like I said, Mike, Mike Jordan is not good at hiding his face. When, he, when he's saying something, but he really means it's bullshit, or he felt like Scotty should have pushed through it, because I have got that from Mike also, that he felt like Scotty should have pushed through a lot of shit. So when Mike said that, I was like, ah, Mike, Mike, Mike might have a little animosity on Scotty. I know he has a little animosity for the holdout. Okay, that was obvious in episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, and he also he also felt Scott was being selfish. He exactly, exactly. Yep. Joe. So when you when you hear that in episodes one and two, and you hear how Mike said, you know, if he had a migraine, I'm not gonna question a migraine. And I was like, Jordan, you full of shit. <laughs> you, <laughs> you full of shit but you know it is what it is you know um, um, but that was that was what was I saying oh that build up to Scotty you know kind of like not taking challenges and then you see that clip of him harassing Magic Johnson down the court and you feel like you're watching the damn finals over again for the first time I'm like I'm 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 watching Scotty check magic. I'm hyped. I'm like oh, that. Oh, look at look at Pip. Let's go. I'm like oh yeah, they already won this shit. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but it's it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, I know we still kind of talking about episode three. We because I haven't got to my episode four notes yet. Um. Why do let me ask y'all a question? And I want y'all to go around and, and, and kind of answer this for me. This is this is I want I want details. This isn't a yes or no answer. Why do y'all feel like people think MJ wouldn't come into this league today in his prime and average 40 or 45 points? Because if you're watching the same clips and watching the same tapes I'm watching from when he played in the 80s. And the 90s and how hard nose and how much physicality was in that game versus today when you can't touch anybody. Why do people think that he wouldn't average easily 40-45 when his game was mid-range, inside? And you now you can't touch him? The Pistons would put him on the ground. It wasn't just the Pistons. I don't want to, I don't want to single out the Pistons. The whole league was the, the whole league. When they saw kind of how to slow him down, and then, of course, you know, the Pistons made it famous, everybody was doing it. Because back then, that's what the NBA did. That's what it was. Just like back in the 70s, you could clothesline somebody in the NFL. It's just what it was. So, guys, do y'all think MJ's game would translate translate to 2020? And if so... What you think he was be putting on the uh, scoreboard? I guess I go first. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, KJ. I'm, I'm trying to think about my response, man. His game would translate because even in transition, you know, you didn't know if MJ was going to put the ball on the floor and take it in for and dunk on you. Or he'll pull up mid-range and shoot a jumper, but it was automatic at that point. You know, his game would translate. It would be different. 
And nobody knows how to defend that because it's either you shoot threes or you put the rebound back. It's not much mid range going on. So he would he would be messing around in the untapped market right now. I think honestly, you know, even in this day of load management, I think honestly he would average anywhere between thirty eight and probably forty five points. But it all depends on who he got rolling with him. Because I was thinking the same thing. If he got to defer, and you know, and if he got to defer to another player in this era, they're gonna want to get their shine too. They're not gonna want to say, you know, well, we can share the load. No, nah, I got to get my shine. Why you got to score forty? Why can't you score thirty so I can score forty? You know, it's it's a lot more selfish. Now, so it all depends on who he's rolling with. That's a big point there, KG. It all depends on who he's rolling with. I look at guys like Clay and Steph. They're going to get their 30 points apiece. You know, it all depends on who he's rolling with. Michael Jordan's going to get his points. He, To me, personally, he just can't be stopped. I don't care what day and time he plays in. I think... Uh... Yeah, I, I I think he can he can he can average twenty to twenty five and and just and like you guys said it, it definitely depends on who's on his team. Like for example, if he's on the team with Giannis, if, if Giannis you know he's the the power forward center and Jordan he's the main guard, he can definitely get probably what twenty five maybe thirty. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, yeah I still think his game will thrive. There would be no changes. But I think, you know, pairing him up with somebody like a Giannis or having him on the team, on the Lakers with AD, no LeBron, oh, man, yeah, it, it, the, the, I think the success will be, like, endless for him. I'm trying to think of who would be a good number two, like, kind of like a Scottie Pippen replica that you could put Mike, my, I'm talking about Mike in his prime. You know, let's go, let's just say 87 Mike. Mike in his prime, young Mike before he hit the weights, you know, flying around everywhere. I'm saying Mike would average close to 40 in today's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 because the, and here's why I say that you can't touch him. You're talking about as athletic as Mike was, all the moves he had to get to the, to the basket. Now you can't close on him, you can't bump him, you can't touch him. Just, just, just think of how the game is today. You go to the hole now, and Harden goes to the hole, flops, get the call. He, he's not even getting touched sometimes. LeBron does the same thing. So you talking about MJ in his prime? Let's just shit. Let's put him here. Let's put him with another score. Let's put him back in DC with Bradley Bill. Yeah. And he, that's his number two man. Mike averaging thirty eight, easy. You think Bill's scoring right now? Man. You know what? Jeez. We're going to get a lot of emails about this, what I'm about to say, but I make no apologies for it. Uh You say somebody that could be his Robin to his Batman in this era? Pull my coat and follow me on this one. LeBron. LeBron can handle the ball and loves to distribute. LeBron don't have to score to take over a game. 
the weight is lifted off his shoulders and he can distribute and he can still get his 20, 25, but MJ can still score 40. And them two together, and then MJ pushing him, oh, my God. He's the king now. I'll give you that. LeBron is the king, always will be. But Jordan behind him, backing him, pushing him, like, no, you can go harder. Get tougher. Get angry. Yeah, he would have to because, you know, and not to cut you off, KG, uh, you know, there's been some instances where LeBron, he kind of lacked that killer instinct, so mm-hmm. MJ would have to be on his ass to, you know what I'm saying, get him to take over. You, you know what LeBron you would get? If you remember back in when he was in Miami, I can't remember which season it was, but the Spurs was knocking him around, and he got mad, and he threw the headband off, and he went crazy and scored a rack of points real quick. And he was just mad, and they was trying to mm-hmm. calm down. He was just like telling everybody, leave him alone. You'll get that every night. And that's the LeBron. That's the killer. When that dragon right there wakes up, it's not a night in this world that can sleep. That's the LeBron that I want every night. I'm trying to uh, type something on um, Instagram. I, I think it's I think it's an absolute disrespect. <laughs> They have a Bleacher Report just put in a, a picture of who comes down with this rebound. They got Rodman, KG, Barkley, Draymond Green, or Big Ben. And I put, I put, don't disrespect Dennis Rodman like that. Don't, don't even do that. Don't, don't do that. The worm comes down with that rebound ten times out of ten. You, you know why he comes down with it? Because Draymond and Draymond gonna see him jump and he gonna back off. Draymond's a bump. Big Ben, KG, and Barkley gonna try to go at it with him, but he, all he gonna do is keep tipping it and keep tipping it to himself. That's all. That, that was his key. If he couldn't jump over you, his key was if I can get my fingertips on it to tip it, keep tipping it until you can grab it. That's one thing I learned from Dennis Rodman. Keep tipping until you can grab it. Don't that's, give up. That's not even close. I just like I said, it's just you know. Why is Draymond even in there? Why, and, why, why, and, and that's why. I don't. I don't know why Dray. Like, like, like I said, it's it's levels to to everything. Hey, Draymond, don't put Draymond in. No, 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 no. Um, can I let me let me touch on something? If somebody, KG, you can go to your notes. Um, Demonte Junior, whatever y'all want to talk about from episode three. Let me tell you what what. And I, I, I never thought I would particularly talk about this name on this show. Let me tell you why. In my eyes, Carmelo Anthony solidified himself as an absolute loser last night. Um, he said that this, I think this was the, the game, you, you know, they beat the Bullets, and Robin said something to the tune that this game was worthless. And talk to Carmelo, for him, that was the hearing that was just gangster for him. And I'm like, to me, it's just like, really, dude? Like that to you, hearing that. Dennis Rodman said this game was worthless versus them completing, you know, one of the best seasons ever. That's what you took out of that. Like, to me, I, y'all already know how I feel about Melo, but that to me, that just solidified. That just cemented him in the loser's block for me. He's going to stay there, too. I don't yeah. know if y'all heard that. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely heard it. Yeah. It, it, it's sad. Because that's not that, but when when the game he's talking about was a game where they won they won seventy two games that season. 
72. You know, the second best mark of the regular season. But as I always say, and I have to say it, 73 and 9 sounds good, but 72 and 10 got a better ring to it. And it was easy for Robin to say that was a worthless game. It was a throwaway game. We we won 70. At All-Star break that year, the Bulls were 40 and 3. 40 and 3 at All-Star break. And then they were playing the Bullets, who were good. But if you remember, in 96, the the Bullets had to come down to the last day of the season, the last game against Cleveland. And Chris Webber, George Mirasan, and those guys went off. They won and got into the playoffs. But they weren't good enough to beat the Bulls. But if they would have kept that team together, it would have been. That's why he could say, yeah, this game is worth this because we got it. That's why. Carmelo has never played on a team that could ever say that. Carmelo has never been that type of player that could say that. That's loser talk. If you've, you're you not surrounded by winners and you're not in a position to say that this is a, a worthless game, that's loser talk. And and that's how – that's exactly how I took it. Just, just seeing what he's done in his career, what's important to him, which is not winning. He's proved that over and over again. Just to hear him say that. I just, uh, I just had a, a a a look on my face and a bad taste in my mouth, and I and that's something I put down. I was like, I, I I'll just put Melo's a loser because I don't remember what he said and why I put that. So, um, what else we going on in episode three? Anybody else want to talk about anything episode three before we start sliding into the fourth episode? Um, hey. I got I got one more really important thing I want to talk about in episode three. Go ahead, Junie. No, I just want to mention, at first, I knew Doug Collins. We just talked about this, but I knew Doug Collins was the head coach, and I know he took the team to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I didn't know exactly how Phil was brought in to last night. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned a lot from that, where he came from. I learned that what a lot he went through with his family members and stuff that they had around the house that he learned, that he learned from. And just stuff that he kept in his head. So I learned a lot last night about Phil Jackson also. And when he took over. Yeah, as did I. As did I. Like I said, you know, this is this is a great, great look at everything. Break good breakdown of everything. Um let me ask y'all a question. Do y'all think Madonna was the reason Dennis broke out of his shell? Uh no. No, nah, I I think that was that was just him wanting to kind of just break. I mean, she, of course, you know she yeah, she played a part because uh, you know I know she wanted to have a baby with him, and you know what I'm saying like he he wanted to be a star per se. So they used each other. Well, she tried to use him. He more so used her for her star power, and you know with his uh no pun intended with the glam and I mean the glam with the glitter and the, the face beat and the, the, all that other stuff you know like it definitely put him in the spotlight you know what I'm saying but I I read she wanted to have a baby with him and you know that that didn't happen so I mean no nah, she I, I think he 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 used her you know what I'm saying like he used her as, as a stepping stone until like that that the, the limelight Dennis Rodman you know dressed in drag is Hanging with mega superstar Madonna, and the head, that's the headline. You know something? 
No, I, I don't I don't think so, BJ. Um I think like Delonte said, I think she was a part of it, but I don't think she was the cause for him to come out this year. I don't think so. Um I think like you said, it, it also seemed like that they were they was playing each other, Delonte. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, yeah, I don't think she was the cause. She was the reason. I won't call her the number one cause. I'll no. say she kind of she kind of pushed him, but he took it very very hard when Chuck Daly resigned. Chuck Daly was like a father to him, and he took it hard when Chuck Daly resigned with the Pistons, and that whole thing with him having a shotgun outside of the Palace at Auburn Hills, and he fell asleep. And he said, "Thank God I fell asleep." But one thing he said in his book, Bad As I Want to Be, is that's the night that he killed off the fake Dennis Rodman and he let the real Dennis Rodman out. So yeah. I, I, but I think she just kind of, she kind of pushed him, you know, to be himself. I'm not going to say she's the driving force behind it. I think she kind of made him more comfortable with it. Because he, he was on that path. Nudged him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree but, with that. That dude you think, has BJ? dated some of yeah. the best women. Yeah, he has. I was just I was just looking on a, a post on Facebook. He uh damn, where is it? Where'd it go? Uh <laughs> Carmen Electra, Vivica A. Fox, Tony Braxton, and Madonna. Like, you know yeah. the Tony Braxton story, right? Tell us. Okay, you remember when Dallas had the three J's, they had Jimmy Jackson, Jason Kidd. And uh, Jamal, Jamal Mashburn, yeah, they called it Three J Ranch. You remember when Jimmy Jackson and Jason Kidd got to fighting, and uh, Jimmy Jackson gave Jason Kidd a black eye. I I know y'all had to remember that. Please tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that was over Tony Braxton. Dennis Rodman was on TV, and he was like, "Yeah, Tony Braxton left her her, her purse on my bus." And they, the camera's like, oh, you playing? Mm. He pulled out the purse, opened it up. Her license is in there. He's like, yeah, told you. She was with me last night. <laughs> they were fighting over. Wow, I didn't know that. with Dennis Rodman. Oh, man. Wow. For everything that people say about Dennis Rodman, the man is a player. He, hey. he got caught in bed with three women. Girl came in. She was like, Dennis, who are these women? He looked up. He said, I don't know. They must have dropped from the ceiling, baby. I, I, I didn't invite them here. She believed in and stayed with him. I bet if I tried wow. that right now, I had to come live at one of y'all house. Man. Oh, I'm going to have a black eye. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm oh, man, man, man. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much, you know, unless anybody got something to touch about episode three. Episode three that is, you know, when they touched on Robin wanting a vacation and being gone longer than the 48 hours he asked for. And MJ personally, that's when when you see MJ had not not Scotty, not Phil, not Kraus go get him. MJ got on the plane. MJ probably went down there gambled a little bit him damn self, you know. But MJ went to go get Robin out that hotel room and bring him back. It just tells you how important he was and to that to that team. So you're right. And and to hear Dennis Rodman say 
And I, I never thought this because I in previous interviews he always said, you know, we never talk much off the court. You know, Michael had his air, Scotty had his space, and I had my hole. But to hear him say, you know, I love Michael Jordan. I've all, always have. I love Scotty Pippen. I always have. And just to hear them talk about each other with such fondness and, you know, giving props like that. I, I For a long time, I thought, that, you know, they got along, but they just didn't really get along like everybody thought. But actually, they do. And Michael and Scotty, that's a big brother, little brother relationship. Yeah, I can be mad at you and I can call you out on stuff, but you can call me out, too. And it's no hard feelings, that type of thing. And Dennis Rodman bringing that that to the mix of him being him, it just seemed like it all just worked just so fine, man. Yeah, it was definitely like a uh, like an odd couple type of relationship. Yeah, I think a lot of people shocked because I think a lot of people thought, you know what I'm saying, it was just uh, business. But for Mike to go get him, I, I was like, wow. And Dennis, he seemed pretty, you know what I'm saying, just just uh, thankful. You know what I'm saying? Like like the uh, the, the cigar story that uh, Dennis spoke of, he knew he, he, um, he you know, flugged the, um, a game. He went to Mike and asked for um, a cigar. That was his way of saying, man, I'm sorry, man, I messed up. And they said from that point, Dennis, he was on it. He was yep. on him on the money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They went on a nice winning streak. I think they were eight and seven. And you look up, they were 24 and 11 or something. They were running teams. So, nah, they, they, uh, they definitely have, you know, kind of built a good rapport. I was, I was surprised, but it's kind of good to hear. Yep. That it was, that it was. So, all right, right now we're going to take another small break. We're going to come back and dig into, uh, finish off with, uh, our final thoughts on episode four. We're going to move on to episode four. And um, like I said, all you got to do is keep listening. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Just like that, we are back once again. And we are back to uh, touch on episode four of The Last Dance. Uh, go right into it. Uh, this episode is where, and we we touched on it a little bit in a, in a previous segment, when Krause made the decision to fire Doug Collins after Doug Collins took the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals. And um, I said it before, and I'll let the guy speak on a little bit. You got to give kudos to Jerry Krause for understanding um, what he saw in Phil Jackson and Tex Winter and trying to make that move. And the move basically started a dynasty. And, and you know, it's it, it's much hatred as people have for Kraut for breaking that team up in 98 and saying what he, you know, treating Phil Jackson the way he treated him and saying organizations win championships, not players. But that move right there, there is no Bulls dynasty. I don't think. I mean, I think Doug Collins was, they might have got one, but Phil took them to a le- another level where they became unstoppable, which I think. I totally agree. Yeah, I can't deny that. I mean, it was Phil being a disciple of Tex. Now, Phil gets the the credit for the triangle offense, but that's Tex all day long. And just how it worked out. And to say that they did it without a dominant big man, 
That says a lot. Hey, you know what? Let's 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 turn the let's turn the dial back just a little bit. I did not know that Tex was in Doug Collins' ear about the triangle, and Doug Collins got to a point where he banned Tex from the bench. I did not know that. Yeah, that was news to me too. Yeah, I did not know that Tex was basically a stepchild in practice, taking notes. Um, he had him. Uh, I forgot where he was sitting at during the games, but he wasn't on the bench because he got tired of hearing about the triangle, the triangle, and the triangle. So Doug Collins, man, I did not know that. And, you know, find out that, you know, Jordan wasn't a fan of the Phil Jackson hiring. You know, and I, and I think, you know, you could look at Phil Jackson's resume. You could see how many titles he has as a player, coach. You know, he's definitely right now the best coach of all time. You know, just not even just with the title, just based off what he did. But getting Michael Jordan, and, and I, you know, we spoke on this in the previous episode, from the point he was where, you know, win at all costs. If that means making your teammates cry in practice, punching them, disrespecting them, that's what, it, that's what it's going to take. Then that's what I'm going to do. To feel getting him to buy into having to trust your teammates and having balance on offense and not, you know, having teams just preparing for you, for you to score 30, 40, 50, 60 points. That just says a lot about Phil Jackson to me. And it, Wait. Go ahead, KG. No, no. Not only was uh, MJ not a fan of Phil Jackson's hiring, he wasn't a fan of the triangle offense to begin Absolutely with. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he said it. He's like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want the the ball and Bill Cartwright's hand with five seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> he also knew it was gonna be all about him. He knew it was not gonna be about him, you know. Yeah, he, he had to buy into that, and lo and behold, I and it's probably you know, other time, but the the ninety one finals in particular against the Lakers, Paxson went off, not Jordan. Jordan and Isaac, Paxson, they, 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 they were talking about it. They said, Who's open? Paxson's open. And Mike said he started throwing it to Paxson. He's like, hmm, okay. And he kept doing it. Paxson just kept hitting shots. Hitting shots. And it's one of, it's like, it's like that, that, that wink of the eye, like, I told you, trust your teammates. You know? Because they they were you know everybody was around Michael, you know they know he was going to touch the ball and know Scotty was going to touch the ball, you know, but I uh, Paxson uh, we not you know we're not worried about Paxson. What's does to stop Michael? So that was interesting to see. Just just I mean you've seen you've seen that that finals point all you know that that point in the finals with Paxson hitting that shot, but just to see the whole backstory, you know kind of elaborate on why it happened building up to that point is interesting. You know, that first, uh, and I'm, this is one thing I'm surprised about is you got a lot, you got a, a lot of horse grant last night, especially when he called Detroit straight bitches. I loved it. Oh my God. I, I couldn't love it. Now that was horse grant when he said that one. Yeah, that was Horace Grant. When he called them straight bitches, I loved it. And 
I, but I did too. I, one person that I'm, I'm, it's I've seen maybe once or twice in the first four episodes, and you know when they're talking about the first three P, and that's B.J. Armstrong. I'm, 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 I'm wondering why we're not seeing a lot of B.J. because him and Michael were damn their best friends on that team. Uh, they, they, they practiced hard together. Everything. I mean, they they were at each other's house. Like Michael Jordan's sons, their favorite player was BJ, which is weird, you know, considering your dad is Michael Jordan, but their favorite player was BJ Armstrong, and hey, not hearing a lot from BJ. Hey, it's only episodes three and four. You know, every you know everybody got you know. Of course, the whole series is going to be around Mike. But Scotty's got it, you know, got his own episode. Dennis got his own episode. Uh, I'm wondering if they're going to touch on Ku Coach. I don't need a whole episode on Ku Coach, but just that whole situation. I think they might touch on that a little bit. But now, now that you kind of got the the introductions out the way, you know, you gave Michael's background, you gave Scotty's background, you gave Dennis background, and, and no disrespect to anybody else on that team, but. You know, each of them got a whole episode. Mike's going to get every episode. Scotty's going to be in every episode. But I don't want to hear anything else. About, I don't want to. I don't want to know about Bill Winnington. I don't. They, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I don't. I don't want to know where Luke Longley came from, where he started at, and what do you mean? He was, I, I just. I don't. I want to know Australia. I, I, I want to know nitty gritty now. I really. I really want to go behind the scenes now. You got the introductions out the way. You got the back, backdrops and some of the stories out. Now it's time to really, because now we're going to episode five and six. Now it's time to really drop some bombs. Y'all follow this team. Let me know what y'all got. Because now, now we're all the way up to the Lakers championship. We haven't got to the Portland championship or the Suns. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ready for them to dig now. Because, you know, unfortunately, they're going to, you know, it hasn't got to it yet. But, you know, when Mike's father died, it, that that's coming up. You know, him leaving the game. You know, I'm sure they might talk about the whole incident with Scottie Pippen not going back into the game. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, the way they're doing it, it's kind of like the timeline. Um, they, they go back and forth in the episode, which is interesting. Um uh, what do I have here? Um, what y'all think about Mike taking the weight seriously after that game seven loss to the, the Pistons? Hitting that weight room. He didn't want to go home. He wanted to stay in the gym. I love it. He got all he got the guys, he got the guys to work out with him, stay in the gym with him, work out, you know, nonstop. And he was looking forward to playing them again that third year. He was going hard. I love it. It proves that's that's what needed to be done. You had to bulk up to take that punishment. And, you know, he went from, what, 196, 198 to about 214, 215? Yeah, I think yes, that's sir. what they were saying. Yep, about 215. Yep. And it, you, you instantly, you know, because they swept them. They swept the Pistons. Like, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a contest. They were ready, man. Yeah, they were ready. They were ready. And they were ready to throw their weight around. They were they were tired of them. 
They were definitely tired of him, man. And just to see all that whole, you know, that first three P team. That and not the whole first three P team, but the the ninety team, the, the ninety team that they lost that they've been dealing with the Pistons for uh, the last couple of years, the hatred in their voice towards the Pistons. It's just, it's hilarious to me because it is a hundred percent genuine. It's not made up. It, they hate them to this day. It's just, it's funny to me. It's just, it's just absolutely crazy. You heard it out of Horace Grant's mouth, man, Horace, man, Horace, uh, Bill Cartwright, Bill Cartwright. He, you can hear it in his voice a little bit too. The, the little bit you heard from him, right? You know that that they they hated the Pistons. So to this day, like you to said. this day, they hate the Pistons. So, KG, where you at? I'm here. I'm here. I mean, I'm just I'm listening. Then you talk about the Pistons and them damn Jordan rules. I mean, we we touched on it last week talking about the Pistons and you know. Not letting Jordan get off the ground, foul him before he gets in the air. Uh, but even that didn't stop them. I mean, it's like getting past Detroit was like okay. That was probably a bigger hurdle than beating the Lakers. I think I mean, so. To 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 get on the stage. The first time, and the Lakers were what? Uh, they were already five-time champions. That Showtime Lakers were five-time champions. They were eleven-time champions overall. Uh, what was this trip number eight or nine to the finals? I, you know, in from seventy-nine to ninety, that's eleven years, eleven seasons. And I think that they missed the finals twice, three times. They because uh. The Rockets, the Blazers, who else? Rockets, Blazers, somebody else. I, I, it may have been two, but they that was a dominant team. Uh, only thing that they were missing was Jabal, Abdul-Jabbar. But it, did it, when they showed clips of that 91 finals, did it look to you guys that Magic looked really, really tired during that series? Tired. No, oh, Magic, Magic always want to win. I, I, he don't look. He doesn't look tired to me. Uh, you know what? I I I didn't notice it. I I had to go back and look. He just knew he couldn't stop MJ. He knew his time was about up. That's what that. That's what that look was about. It was nothing he could do to stop MJ, and he wasn't in his youth anymore, and he was ready to pass the torch. Yeah, hey, B, that's a. That's a really, really, that's a really good. Go ahead, KG. I'm sorry. We overlapping each other and having little issues. I'm just saying that that right there, you got the Bulls and the Rockets were the teams of the 90s. I mean, the Bulls was the number one team in the 90s. But Bulls and Rockets were the team in the 90s. And to know that the, the the Bulls pretty much snatched the torch. They didn't take it. They didn't, you know, go up to the mountain, bow down, pay their respects. No, they said, no, I'm not paying homage to anything. Give me this. And they took their torch in 91, and they ran with it. Yeah. 
They absolutely did. And, you know, it, it, and like I said, we said it, we touched on it in a previous episode. And I think that's why Detroit was so sour. Like they didn't, they were no competition for the Bulls after just bullying them and having their way with them, you know, the last couple of years. They were no match for them in that 91 Eastern Conference Finals. Then you get to, to the Lakers. They win the first game, and the Bulls just roll all four games. And it was nowhere. Like, the Lakers had nothing. And just saying that, I, I, I definitely agree with what, what Junie said just about Magic knowing in his head, like, it's nothing I can do to stop this. You know, this is – and you when, you, when you – when you're a competitor – and it seems like Magic Johnson to me is a realist. Also, you know when it's over. Just like the the, the story they tell in the '92 Dream Team when you know Magic and and Jordan was going back and forth in the game, and and everybody knew it was over, and it was it was it was MJ's league now. You know, it was it was Jordan's league now, and and you know Magic just had to get that out of him. You know, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I it, it was just like KG said, they took it. There was no yep. doubt. There was no game seven controversy, last second shot. The 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 shot clock didn't start. There was nothing like that. It is it, no asterisk behind the ninety one title. You know what I mean? And I loved it. None whatsoever. Yeah, man. Just. And that raw emotion, everybody said they had never seen MJ break down. He's always either plucking with you or yelling at you. And to see that raw emotion of him crying. Yep. And if you if you want to be technical, he cried championship number one and championship number four. Every two and three, five and six, he didn't cry. But championship number one and championship number four, he boohooed like a baby. You know, boohoo championship number one because that was the first. You had worked hard to get there. Championship number four after beating Seattle. Uh, it was on Father's Day, and it was just very emotional. It was an emotional day for him. And that was right after his father uh, was killed, right? Yeah, that was three years after. Right, right. I remember him saying that he did it, he did it dedicated to his father. I mean, just think about him pushing players. And I, I wonder sometimes what's going on down in Charlotte that these players are not picking their game up to the point where Charlotte's in the playoffs every year, you know? I wonder. But then also I, I think back, I'm like, same thing with the Wizards team. Same thing with Kwame Brown. Why didn't he – rise to the occasion you know you had a lot of pressure on you but you know being young you still can be influenced but you got MJ in your ear and right. you couldn't take it but you also had Kobe in your ear and you couldn't take it that's a problem hey man we 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 say all the time man that everybody's not built the same everybody didn't you know go through a tough upbringing that gave you that thick skin that you know, you damn near have to shoot a, a whale harpoon to get through that skin. You know, when they when they aired episode one and two, they showed you Mike's upbringing, you know, having a fight with his brothers and, you know, battle for attention with his father. 
and then you know you saw Scotty's what happened to Scotty his, you know his father having a stroke you know his brother having the issues he had you know Scotty grew up tough too so it's, it's not too much you can say to these guys you know and that's how I'm not just saying Mike and Scotty grew up like that a lot of us grew up like that like if you couldn't take the heat you were you were going to get smoked so you either had to run home and cry or you had to stand there and take it and I think we live in a generation now where they, you know, one, they don't have to take it in person. You know, they're on social media going back and forth. It's not the same as exactly. getting it's not the same as getting roasted in front of ten people outside. It's just it's just not the same because at, at any time you could just, you know, close Instagram if you're getting roasted and then come back to it later. There was no escaping that, you know. So it, today it's just they just built different, and you know it's you know Kwame Brown just didn't have thick enough skin. He did, and then on top of that, you have to want to be great. You know, a lot of these players don't want to be great. I, you know, we say I don't want to pick on Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony don't want to be great. You know, uh, Vince Carter don't want to be. He doesn't want to be great. He just want to play basketball. He he, he, he don't want to be great because he's had opportunities to take it to the next level. Carmelo has had opportunities to take it to the next level. You know, you just know your actions speak louder than words. You know, and you'll show a lot when you, you know, when something is there in front of you where you could take that next step and you turn it down for pennies. You turn it down for the shiny thing over there. You know? And what you don't know, if you had taken the other path with all the dirt, that it's a bigger diamond behind that path waiting for you. You just had to, it was just more work. You had to trim the hedges back. You had to sweep. You had to cut the grass. You know, you had to, you know, clean up the trash. Instead of just walking to this small little diamond, you could have had a huge one. So, you know, when you say, you know, Kwame Brown, names like that, uh, Tristan Thompson. You know, Carmelo Anthony, you say, you know, the any the, the, the Charlotte team, it just Mike is different. You know, you don't get a lot of mics. You know, you, you just don't. You, you, everybody's not everybody just doesn't have that mentality. Everybody, does, it, when it gets hard, you know, in anything in life, people quit. People on to the next thing. So. And Mike wasn't like that. Mike was like, okay, if it's going to get hard, I, I'm going to work harder at it. It's, you know, I'm going to conquer this. It's just, it's just, you know, different different times, brother. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Different times and just like you said, different mentality and different upbringing. Uh, but I don't know, man. Looking at the last dance and it brings back so many great memories of just, in my opinion, how the game is supposed to be played. Now, looking towards next week and episode five and six, I'm going to need everybody to bring their box of tissues because that's when the Kobe uh, Bryant interview is going to air. And I think that's going to be rough on a lot of basketball lovers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm kind of like Shaq, man. This is like, do I even want when when that when that part of the episode comes, do I even want to watch it? 
you know. I, you know, you you gotta you gotta really ask yourself that, you know. You just and it's it, you know, of course, it's just a it's just a sports thing, man. You know, you, you watch somebody grow up, and you know now that you know we're older, all of us are fathers. You know, it hits you differently than just losing a sports figure. You know, mm-hmm. so it's way deeper than just that. So it's just, you know, not only do we have to go through it, and you know, it's it's you know when you think about what it, what his wife and kids still have to go through, you kind of like, okay, maybe I, you know, <laughs> I can suck it up because they they're going through a lot worse. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Guys, y'all got anything else to talk about episode four? If not, we'll wrap it up and get out of here. I was about to ask the same thing. I think uh, I was wondering if we covered everything, man. I just, uh, I say it a lot off air, man. I wish we actually had a four-hour block that we could dedicate to talk, talking about different things. This is one of those things I could sit here and talk probably for days, nonstop, never sleeping, just charging the phone the whole time and, and talk to you guys about, so. Hey, BJ, What's I was up? thinking too, man, you, 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 we got, you got to catch that next one, man. It's like, that's a part of history, you know, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a sad one. I can't wait for it, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'll be there. I'll be there watching it, but it's just like, as it's soon gonna be as, very sad now. Yeah, it's going to be sad as soon as he come up, but it, it's going to be sad, but at the same time, that's who he looked up to, you know. So, I know he's going to be hyped. Just, just to talk about what that team, what Mike meant to him, what that team meant to him, watching that, how he styled his game. So, we can't look at it as, you know, it's going to be a sad moment. Cause to Kobe Brown, when he sat down for that interview, this is his idol he's talking about. Right, that's right. You know. So, yeah, we'll look forward to it next week. And uh, we'll be back the same time putting out um, our react for episodes five and six. You know, um, you know, just be here. Turn your notifications on. Um, you can email us at SidelineJunkies247. Uh, Instagram at SidelineJunkies. Facebook, Twitter, all the same. SidelineJunkies. Look for us. Holler at us. We will be back. Uh, next show coming up is probably going to be... Uh, maybe a, a DC Sports rundown in a couple of days. Talk about the Redskins drafts and um, their moves they made, and then uh, of course WrestleMania acts on Saturday. So, um, if anybody else don't have anything, I close it out. Um, Junie, the big guy KG, my man Delonte, everybody else on the assignment sideline junkies out. Have a good night. Good night. 